Welcome to Friends Friday. I'm Nick, and alongside me, we have Jeremy. So we just kind of wanted to quickly sort of introduce ourselves so you got to kind of know us a little bit. So Jeremy, do you want to just one minute, tell 60 seconds, explain to us who Jeremy is. Yes. Well, first of all, good to be here. I'm very excited about this. Going to have a lot of fun. Um, I'm Jeremy. I am currently working at East Richland Friends Church as a youth pastor. Grew up in the Cleveland area. Well, that's in St. Clairsville, Ohio, Southeast Ohio. Um, but yep, grew up in the uh, Kirtland, Ohio, east side of Cleveland. Um, went to Malone University uh, with a major in pastoral ministry. And big, big Cleveland sports guy. Love music, love movies. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Um, very passionate about young people and uh, this uh, young generation. So that's what I got. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm Nick, <laughs> Nick Chestnut. I'm the lead pastor here at North Star Friends in Perry, Ohio. Just actually moving. We're moving buildings this week to Perry, Ohio. So we got some chaos going on here, but we're really excited. And so we wanted to welcome you. And again, this is Friends Friday. We wanted to tell you just a little bit about this podcast, our heart behind it, our goal being just something light for you guys to listen to, uplifting, but most importantly, equipping. We believe this is an opportunity that we have to just sort of come alongside each other, share some insight and give people something to listen to throughout the week at, at their own pace and time whenever they would like. So we might look at some different things. What, what were some of the things we talked about, like topics, words? some scripture and, and just going through some of the words of the Bible, different things we could do to help you guys help those around you and equipping, equipping disciples. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just again, friends Friday, it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour each week. It'll be released every Friday. We'll have a new episode for you. We'll keep you updated with what we're doing, where we're going, where we're heading. But so today we wanted to just sort of talk about <clears throat> identifying your call in God's life because a big word here that we're going to be using for a lot of this podcast is going to be disciples and discipleship. And so when we look at that, we're looking at um, being with God to learn from God, to be like God. And in this process, it's going to be all about finding your identity and discipleship. So this first month, we're going to be looking at discipleship, but today we wanted to look at sort of identifying your call. So Jeremy, I wanted to open up just a little discussion. We can talk about our calls a little bit in the process. We sort of went through it and then we can head into how we can help other people identify their calls, how they can identify their own call in their life. But how would you say you identified God's call in your life? Yeah. Um, well, I think it, for me, it started at a, at a young, pretty young age in my sophomore year of of high school, uh, don't want to get into the, the story. It's a long testimonial story, but um, I think growing up as a pastor's kid, I think definitely influenced me pretty much, pretty pretty heavily. My dad was a youth pastor at Willoughby Hills French Church, and just growing up in that environment, seeing what he did, and uh, I think seeing the hurt and the brokenness in the world, that was the best practical solution I had to try to solve this kind of like a uh, big world problem of just, you know, brokenness and, and hurt and pain and suffering in the world. And I just thought ministry, that's, that's the, that's the route. 
And so that was kind of the goal and the mindset. At a very immature age, I, I chose that. Um, and it wasn't until college where I think that that call was was truly, um, I don't know the word for it, solidified or whatever. But um, yeah, and, and that was a difficult process. But I think that was, you know, when I in life, when I had a lot of doubts, both in my own call, mm -hmm. right, in my own purpose in this life, but also mentally and, and just spiritually, there were just so many battles. And I think that was a huge um, point in my life when I just realized that uh, after overcoming those things where this is, this is what I'm, what I'm here to do. And uh, through that, you know, there's youth ministry was obviously a, a heavy uh, thing in that as well. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a long journey and that was a very quick summary of it. But um, it, it definitely got me to this point that I am where I am today. So. No, yeah, that's, I would agree with that kind of just sort of, finding where you fit in best. For me, I think the biggest thing I had to make a transition of was all through high school, just being very good at math and numbers and smart and that sort of thing. So I always thought business or being a very personal person, I thought marketing, something like that, where it's going to be numbers and math involved. But then when I got to college, I really had this mindset of we sat down we started a we'd started a like a just like a little bible study with some of my friends and I was speaking the first week and so I was putting it together and it was on a Sunday and I sat down on a Tuesday to do it and I was like I don't do this with my homework for these business classes ever like I'm five six days in advance doing this and it was this mindset switch of I don't need to just focus on what I'm good at and force myself to do that for the rest of my life because I thought this is like what I was made to be, I needed to look at what I enjoy doing. And that sort of switch of this is what I enjoy doing. I enjoy getting to tell people about what God's done for me. I enjoy getting to help people in their journey and starting up this podcast, different ways to listen. So just that switch of, okay, I'm good at this. I don't really enjoy it, but I'm really good at it. Or should I do what I enjoy and trust that God's going to build me up into who he needs me to be? Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So how is there a process or something that you went through to where you got where you are today at East Richland Friends, sort of that little journey of identifying where God was placing you in terms of a job? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a process. And um, it's a pretty fun one, honestly. Uh Malone was a huge life changer for me. Uh, it was a school I went to, Malone University. And man, I, I met a lot of great people there. I had a, a lot of great professors and a lot of people that were uh, fighting for me on my behalf to see that, that where my future led was a place that was healthy and, and that ultimately led and hoped for my success uh, as, a, as a young person trying to get into ministry. And uh, as a pastor more specifically. And so um, it started, you know, I think my junior year of college, um, a man by the name of Randy Heckert uh, brought up the idea of uh, East Richland French Church. They were looking for a youth pastor, but more specifically an assistant youth pastor to kind of be, um, uh, you know, discipled into this role of youth pastor. And um you know, they wanted someone pretty quickly, but I was still in school, thankfully. And, 
yes, I'm very grateful that they waited on me and they waited on me till I graduated and they offered me the position uh, from my or in my senior year, the fall of my senior year and, um, you know, finished out my my final uh, year of college there and then started my job uh, in June of 2021. So I'm very new here, but uh, it was as a assistant youth pastor. But man, this church, it really is incredible. It's very healthy and, and it's an incredible church. And I, uh, I just now entered into the role as youth pastor. And um, man, it's, it's definitely where, where God has, has placed me and called me. And, and the journey was, I, I'm just very thankful for the journey because there were a lot of people kind of in my corner supporting me and, 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 and hoping uh, for me. So this, this was just a, a good. Yeah. To, to follow story, that up so. with a question for you mm. in this time that you were sort of identifying where God was placing you, was there one, maybe two ways where he made it almost abundantly clear where you were like, God is placing me here and it could not be more clear. Or was there a lot of confusion you sort of had to work through trying to identify what was going on? Well, it's funny you ask that because I don't think I really thought that in depth about it. You know, being being a, a college student, they were the first person that offered me a job. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, Nick. And, and for everybody else, like this is trying to find a full time job as a youth pastor. Is not the easiest, you know, because there's not many churches that can afford a full time youth pastor? You know, that's just the reality of it. Um, but they did. And they, they were willing to offer me the position. And so it was kind of like a no brainer just because I was like, I just want a job, <laughs> you know, but yeah. at the same time, I came down here in March of my senior year of college and got to speak to the youth, um, share a little lesson with them, got to tour the church and, and sit down with the elders and stuff. And man, it was just, it was kind of clear, you know, there was just that, that point of like, this church is just, there's a lot of incredible people here. And it didn't, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure that out, even just being here for one day on a Sunday and, and seeing that and just seeing the the church in the heart of the people here. It was just kind of, you know, a no-brainer of just, I think this is just where I want to be. And so it was, it was, I guess, a balance of yes, this is where God's calling me, but also this just felt right for me as well. It just yeah. it it for me is is a place where I, I could see I I enjoy this and, and I'm going to to love this. So that's too funny. Our calls could not be more different in the sense of how God did it. Yeah, no, honestly. I started praying about it and considering it. And I was at Malone one day and I went to one of the worship nights there and kid named Austin grabbed the microphone said, I don't know why I'm grabbing the microphone, but I feel that someone here is considering, excuse me, going into ministry. And so this is just your affirmation. I was like, (laughs) and I did what anyone else did. I said, I maybe not. And kept praying about it. And and then at Jubilee, I watched a pat. I watched the last speaker, and he uh, he basically was me. He went to school for business and sports, switched to business and marketing, and then switched to ministry. And he grew up a pastor's kid. And I was like, oh, I'm watching myself. <laughs> I did it. That's funny. But so then, oh, sorry. No, no and so for me, um, then uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, had broken up with me, and no biggie. But I went home for a weekend just to get some space and. 
that was when my dad announced to the church that they needed someone to run the upward sports program. So a week and a half later, I gave him a call and I said, I'll do it. And he was like, you're, you're in college. Like you're an hour and a half away. What do you mean? You'll do it. I'm like, dad, if someone's got to do it, I'll do it. Like I was thinking about it. I was like, I've played, I've coached, I've reffed. Like I know it, I'll do it. And he's like, well, we canceled it yesterday. I'm like, okay. He's like, well, we'll open if you want it. I'm like, I'll do it. And so I did it as an internship. And then that led me to that job. And so if she broke up for me a week before, a week after or anything, I wouldn't have had the job I had before this. And then I was praying about coming here or not even that, just what's next. And then all of a sudden my dad was like, hey, uh, you're filling the pulpit for two weeks at this church. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I did that. And then then that ended up here. And it's just been crazy watching like God do it in so many like clear ways, which makes it way easier for me. identifying my call, obviously, but it puts me more at peace. So it's funny. You're diving deep and like studying, like, okay, here's where God's working through this, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, ah, man, I can't really deny this. I guess I got to go do it. Yeah, no. And I think that's cool because I, I think it, it shows that if God is truly, I think ministry or non-ministry, right? It doesn't matter, but I think it, it's still the same where if God is, is truly calling you to something, he is going to make it known. And if you put it to the side for a little bit, he's going to be patient with you, but he's going to come back to that. And he's going to be, he's going to call you out in a, in a, not in a, you know, in a gentle way, but just saying like, this is where I'm leading you. This is where I want you to go. And if you follow me, I can do great things through you. And I think that's, that's a testament to, to just knowing you and, and seeing your journey. Um, it's just what he's done through you. And it's just cool to see, the unique ways that God can use different people and and the ways that he can bring us to those places. It's just cool to see that. Exactly. And I think too, even just to sort of summarize what we were just talking about, I think the thing we both have in common though, with our stories is we, is we sought out God, like we seeked him. And as we um, continue to like, just dive into him and like his word, that's when his path for like our lives sort of became a bit more clear. Yep. I think so. I would say that's definitely something we still have in common. So even though we say it's different, I do agree. It shows that God can show it in different ways, but ultimately with how we got there was the same. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's just, it's that desire to see, to, to really align our wills with the will of God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about discipleship, that's kind of been, it's going to be our big word for this first month as we go equipping disciples. So helping People listening to this identify sort of even their own call in life because this is an important part. We place a lot of our identity in a lot of things. And so trying to work on through discipleship, making it a Christ-centered identity. So you um, work with youth. That is correct. That's your job. And so how would you go about helping someone coming to you how do i find out what god's got for me in store or i'm considering ministry maybe or i know ministry is not for me how do i identify what god's called me to do how would you go about helping someone sort of identify their call in their own life ministry or non-ministry yeah that's a great question and i think it's it's something that's really cool because i get to i get to figure that out every single day you know, uh, with the kids that, or I shouldn't say kids, but the students that I, I interact with. Um, and I should say also, you know, I'm 22 years old, so it's not like I have everything figured out so easily, but what is cool is I, I get to 
the privilege to help students along this journey. And, you know, I think the biggest way is, is to always encourage them to, to seek God in, in three big ways. And these ways are pretty, uh, pretty common, pretty cliche, whatever you want to say. And I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to bring these up, but really it's, it's prayer, uh, reading your Bible and, and talking with others. Right. And so my whole job is to make sure that they are doing those three things and encouraging them along. It's not just telling them to pray, but it's, it's teaching them to pray, right? There are different ways that you can pray and, and ultimately um, helping them learn how to do that and really go to God in that way and reading your Bibles, not just telling them to read their Bibles, but showing them specific passages, areas of their life that they're struggling in, that there are answers in scripture that they can find. Um, and talking with others, right? Somebody like me where I can help encourage them and help them along in their struggles or, or what they're dealing with in the trauma of school or relationships, helping them and encouraging them to be honest and open with other people and that are their age, right? Their peers that they can go to and, and their friends that they can interact with. Um, so those are the, the big three for me. And then also helping them understand to always be curious, never stop asking questions about their faith and about the doubts that they may have, and just about things that may confuse them or things that they may not understand about God or about faith or about life and church and whatever it may be, but to really help them understand that they can be honest and they have a place to ask questions, to be vulnerable, to be transparent with other people. And that is, I know I didn't really get into the ministry and non-ministry things, but it doesn't matter about that because mm -hmm. that's the focus, you know, that should be the main focus. And that's not just for youth either, right? But that's for any kind of person that is, is looking to grow deeper in their faith, regardless of what their age is. So that's kind of what I got. Yeah, real quick. For those of you listening, we do record live. So I do know there was a part or two where Jeremy cut out just for a little bit. We heard every single word you said, though, but there was a little cut out. So cut us some slack. Show us some grace as we continue to dive into this together. But Jeremy hit all the points we wanted to talk about. For me, too, what really helped in high school was so I always want to I never want to downplay the importance of this. I didn't have friends who were Christians but I had friends who didn't push me into bad things. So even though they didn't push me closer to God, they still just helped encourage. They knew who I was. They sort of knew kind of where I stood and they never encroached on that. But then when I got to college, that's where I found Christian friends, like who sort of even just helped me and like pushed me closer into a more real relationship with God. So the surrounding yourself with other people very influential being able to talk having them sort of help identify your gifts and abilities and so <clears throat> obviously a big part in identifying what god's called you to do what we've talked about is seeking him but also just more so for identifying what you like to do that's what's most important identifying what you're good at what you like to do and understanding how you can serve with that. Because even if you're in a non-ministry role, you can still serve. Like there's other areas you have, like you can work in life. You don't have to work in a church. Your life doesn't have to be dedicated to this. God can have called you 
to so much more. And yeah, a big and oh, go ahead. No, I just want to I just want to add on to that really quick because I think in this short time that I've been in full-time ministry, I think I've realized and even what I've learned in, in college, what some of my professors have taught me and what I've encouraged some people my age that I get to interact with and, and, and just have grown in relationship with is this very idea that the people that are in ministry full-time, right. Getting paid for what they do or whatever, they obviously are important, but I would go so far to say that the people that are the volunteers, the people that are in, uh, you know, the the workforce of whatever they're doing, you know, those people are are more important because they are on what I like to say the front lines and the battlefield. I mean, the real front lines of this life and, and helping to minister and to seek people that really don't know Jesus, right? They are they are the first people that that those people encounter, right? And so I think it's so important and encouraging for people that are are not in ministry that they're not just as important. I think they might even be more important than people that are in ministry. And and I don't want to compare that or anything, but it really is. I mean, they are the people that really are interacting with with the non-believers on the everyday basis at work and things like that. So I just wanted to add that quickly. Well, and that too, I would even just sort of add that you want to go to a church that helps you identify your call in your life that brings you to Jesus, but then also walks alongside of you as you try to identify what God's called you to in this life. So we're sitting here, we've been talking, right? We've been talking about identifying it in our own life. Maybe, and obviously I'm 25, you're 22. There's still a lot more for us to do. We've sort of figured out what we want in our own life, but that doesn't mean we have answers to everything. So one thing I was thinking we could talk about here is, okay, we've identified our call in our life, right? Now we're in ministry, so we're helping a lot of other people. Maybe in our own life, we have friends, children, grandkids. How do we start to help someone else identify their call in our life? That's part of the discipleship, right? We're learning how to be like Jesus, but we have to then pass it on to other people. We have to help other people in their walk. It's not just for us. We can't be selfish. We have to help other people. How do we help someone else identify their call in their life? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the biggest thing is, right, this idea of, of you know, call. What, what is your call? Um, I really think that that is, that is between that person and God, you know, and I think for me personally, right, if I see somebody and I, I see that they may have a call to ministry or they may have a call to this specific area, I don't know fully that that's true or not, right? That's my own assumption. But what I do see and what I can clearly see is the gifts and the abilities that God has given that person. And so I think it's it's more so identifying their gifts and their abilities. And not only that, but telling them that right? Actually making it known to them that, wow, I really see that you are, you have a servant heart, right? You, you can do things like you can help set up for, for youth nights or, or you can help, you know, with the Christmas decorations or whatever it may be, or you, you, you you know, whatever it is, but that they have a specific gift and ability and making sure they know that because that will often, ultimately help them identify what God is calling them to when they see what their gifts and their abilities are. 
Um, so just encouraging them to see that and encouraging them to, to see what they are good at, you know, because I think a lot of times we, we, we point out the negative or the shortcoming, but we don't actually uh, let them know, man, the things in their lives that they, they, they excel at and they do well at. Yeah. A lot of times too, we can't just come, we can't come dominating in their life. We have to go at their pace that they're ready to, and they have to have a willingness and a wanting to learn what God's call is. So I think I wanted to echo what you were saying or emphasize for sure. We can't identify their call for them. This is between them and God. This is their call for our life. We can help them understand sort of the process, how to do it. Hmm. Um, but I wanted to add too, we need to help get them to a place where they're ready and willing to learn what it is. They're not just going to all of a sudden come to church and one day be like, excuse me, I'm all in, right? I'm ready. Like, what does God want us to do for my life? This is going to be a process of understanding who God is, what he's done for us. Okay. Now I want to serve him. <clears throat> I want to love him with everything that I have. So this process of sort of helping them get to a place where they're ready to learn what God has called them to do. And we can do that by how you were saying as well, of just helping them identify what they're good at. And like you said, getting them served. Like we, we just got um, some people engaged here just by helping us cook. We're going to be doing a monthly meal. I could be more excited. And they're like, we want to cook. And I'm like, let's go. You know, I'm ready. Yes, and, sir. Yeah. And so just that I think is a, is a great process. And so that's actually, I was thinking about this question too, when we were, we were talking is how do we help someone find where to serve? Right. Okay. So they're not called to ministry 100% perfect. 100% okay. So don't ever feel stressed about not being called to ministry, mm -hmm. but you have like, you're called, called to full-time ministry. Sorry. Yeah. But how do you help identify where someone is to serve? And so I kind of wanted to start this one off. If you don't mind, I had something I was thinking about is it's so funny because I think a lot of times we look at failures as bad things and we look at failures as reasons to quit, not try, but really when it comes to this part-time serving ministry, I think we can't be afraid to fail. For me, I did a youth internship. I couldn't stand it. I didn't want to go. It just, it wasn't for me. I love the kids, but organizing and running it and the high energy that always came with it just wasn't me. God was not doing this for me. But then when I was doing basketball on there, 12, 13 hours a day on Saturdays, running all these games, dealing with angry parents, I could be more excited to do it again the next week. Yeah. I was re-energized to go back and do it. It combined everything I loved of Jesus, sports, and kids, like all in one. It took my passions, my abilities. And so it took me finding where I didn't fit to find where I did fit. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And <clears throat> no, that's really good. And I think too, with that, it's it's kind of this idea, right? Where, you know, I think a lot of times we we can think that as a church, you know, we're supposed to be very selfless, which is very true. But I think a lot of times too, we have to know, so we don't get burnt out, even as a volunteer, where we are bet best fit. And we are, we are the best judge of that, where we are best fit, right? And so if we're doing something that, and just like you were saying, right, if we do something that doesn't align with our gifts and our abilities, like if you, I don't know, if you don't work well with children, but they really need children volunteers to help 
lead a Sunday school class or something, but that's not really your gifting and you do it just because the church needs you to do it, you're going to get burnt out pretty quick because that's not where your, your best fit is in the church. Right. And, and, and so I think that that is, is a really important thing to understand is you will best thrive in where you're best gifted at in, in that specific ministry. And, and so, I don't know. I think, I don't know, what do you think of that, Nick? I think that that is something that um, just as you were, you were going, you know, it's something that I really, um, it's yeah, important think, to align with that. No, I think it's very important too. And from a church leadership standpoint, so obviously if we have some other church leaders too, is it's on us now to set that tone to set that serving attitude, that mentality of stepping up outside of just what our job expectation is, because you have, you have these people who work a full-time job, then they come to volunteer for you. So we have to start doing more outside of just our job requirement, because we still need to give some time of a service of a volunteer attitude. And then when we start that, we get to watch it trickle down Mm -hmm. and, and people start to get on board more and try out new things. Yeah. But, but I would, emphasize what we both have talked about now already is if it's not working, don't be afraid to step down. Don't do it just because you feel someone needs to do it and it needs to get done. Do it because it refuels you. It replenishes you. And it's something you enjoy. Yeah. And that's, I I think too, it, it is important though. That second step is important, right? If you see something that doesn't fit you or, or that isn't really good for you, then step down. But I just encourage you and challenge you to find what does fit you and find what does um, fuel you and replenish you. Because we are called, regardless if you are in ministry or not in ministry, you are called to ministry. Because being the church and following Jesus is about serving other people. And that's in your church, in your work field and all areas with your family and your friends, right? We are just called to serve. And so it is so important to, to sort serve your church in that way, because that's what, that's what we're all called to. Right. So, yeah. And so I think obviously we've, we've been talking about seeking God, finding your gifts, your abilities, your likes, your interests, and then just trying doing it, understanding that this is something we all have to do like this is all hands on deck if we're going to get the boat rowing we need a lot of people rowing that's right amen to that Mm. but also too of just i think there comes a time when helping people serve too is just not downplaying the importance of it kind of what you were talking about them being the front because what i've tried to establish here at north star is just the understanding and it's tough to shake that but like just because I preach every Sunday and I have the microphone now doesn't make me any different. It doesn't make me any more special, any more powerful. It doesn't make my job any more important. I could identify like five people here doing way more than me right now, especially during mm-hmm. this movement process. But I get to tell them that I get to encourage them in that like this isn't a secret to them. So I think if you're even just a volunteer lead, just keep remembering to encourage people keep building them up, helping them just sort of along this journey and watch how God moves in that sort of identifying where you give 
but also I think I was, I kind of lost my thought there. That happens a lot with me. <laughs> I think I was thinking was about, Oh, that's what it was. There we go. Ah, He's back. Like nice He's back. Live, <laughs> nice live unedited, bro. My first, my first sermon here, I was going, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in it. I'm feeling it. And all of a sudden I could not think of another word to say. <laughs> I just stopped and looked at them. And I just kind of like looked around the room, like all panicked. And I'm like, I forgot where I was. <laughs> and then I remembered like That's 10 minutes amazing. later. So in the middle of my other point, I go, Oh, I remembered. <laughs> and then I forgot. <laughs> and then I remembered. That's amazing. Just, oh, I love it. So it happens a lot. Mm. Now, this attitude of service with zero expectations in return. Mm. God's not going to bless you more. He's not going to give you more. If that's why you're doing it, he knows your heart. And can't be doing it for the thank yous or the compliments, even though I'm a big words of affirmation person. Love me a nice compliment. Excuse me, but just this mindset of doing it under the radar. Yeah, and I think that I was actually just reading something this morning about is in this book called Choose to Win. And it it really... Mm -hmm. Let me let me think of how to do this. Okay, it really uh, emphasized that point, right? There was this. He was going through this idea of of success, right? Success leads to happiness, but even more than that, what's even more important than that is significance. And significance is when you take the success that you've been given, or take the success that you have, and you teach other people how to do that, right? And even this idea of discipleship, but but it's taking, not not leaving that for yourself but giving it to other people because that gives you joy, which is even greater than happiness. And when you do things and you sacrifice your time for the sake of others and, and in the service of others, that gives you true joy. It's not, a, it's not about uh, fame or, or about making sure it's this selfish idea and making sure people see what you're doing, but it really is about this true joy that comes from, from service of other people, from serving your church, serving the kingdom of God, what, what, what Christ has called all of us to. And that, that's what gives us significance in life, though, and true joy. So. Especially once you get that perfect harmony of that attitude with where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's actually a very re-energizing thing because a lot of times I don't have time for that. But, like, let's make it a priority then. Right, and, and that's what takes effort. And I understand yeah. very easy to say, especially from being a full-time ministry person, like this is now my job. So I do understand it's tough, but I think that there's times where we can still, like you can find small things to do. You can greet at church. If you come to church, just greet. Yep. Like just something like that, that people be like, oh, that's small. It's insignificant. I don't need to do that. But like, it's still opportunity you to give back yep. and, and sort of creating that, that culture. And, and so at just, I was kind of thinking, I was, I was trying to think what, what could our listener actually funny story real quick. Sorry. Sidetrack. This Sunday, okay, so I used to work at a church called Morningstar. I came to Cornerstone Friends, which is now switching to North Star Church. So this Sunday, bro, I, I get up on stage to start announcements, and I go, welcome to Morningstar. Oh, Ooh, North Star. Oh, that's tough. That's but my tough. mic was off. My mic was <laughs> off. It wasn't on yet. <clears throat> and so no one had heard it. But then one lady went to look back at the live stream and it had subtitles on it. It it caught me without the mic that said, welcome to Morningstar or (laughs) Northstar. 
That's funny. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I knew it happened. Okay. No, sorry. I enjoy stories. We'll throw stories in there randomly. Last question I think I have for you. And, and if you're kind of wondering at this point too, the reason we've kind of tried to tie discipleship into it is that's going to be our next three weeks. We're going to do three weeks on discipleship. And so identity kind of goes with it, but we wanted to make sure you're aware of what's coming up. So today been talking about identity, seeking God's call in your life. So as you seek him and you learn from him, he sort of lights your path up. And he, I think he guides us through our giftings, abilities, and interests. And when you see all three of those intertwined while you seek him, he'll show you where to serve full-time, part-time, at work, at home, at church. So I think a very big in-depth question we might get to, and we really just kind of threw this question in last minute as we were prepping. We didn't even prepare for this, but we both felt pretty strongly about it is if you're listening how do I get my kids and grandkids to serve? Because that's the next generation. That's, mm-hmm. And that's both that's of right. our hearts right now, 22, 25. And yep. how do we get them involved now? How do we get them buying into the church? Because what I've kind of noticed is, I don't know if you've noticed this in your own life, my friends who grew up in the church with me, um, if they served, at, I would say, a middle school or high school level at any point in any area, I would say probably 90% of them that I know are still involved in the church. Mm. Um, and those that did not serve are not. Yeah. I would say yeah. it's a pretty heavily balanced for both of those. So I've always kind of just placed an emphasis in my own mind of, okay, you can't parent too tough because that'll push some of them away. Yep. Or, but how do you get them involved in a way that they want to be involved? Yeah, well, I think this is a question I'm still learning uh, how to discover because I see students like that, that I interact with that, that, that have no desire or drive to, to serve or to, to be involved with uh, what we're doing here at East Richland in our, in our, in our student ministry. And so it's a challenge, but um, I think the biggest thing you got to understand is, um, well, first of all, you got to make sure that you're doing your part, right? That you are showing them what it means to be a Christian and, and what it means to serve. Like, what are you doing in the church to give your grandkid or your kid a, uh, you know, um, an example to serve, right? But then it's also, it's also uh, knowing who they are knowing what they are good at and what their abilities are and what comes easy to them. Because, I mean, let's face it though, you know, students are just, they're, they're not, they're not immature or I'm sorry, they're not very mature, right? That's just the reality. And um, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to be confused. They're, they're in this stage of life when they are trying to find out who they are and discover what their real identity is. So, when they're going through all of this inside their head, whether they want to admit that or not, you have to really approach this in a careful way, right? You don't want to parent them too tough and try to force them into something they don't want to do because then that will lead them to a rebellious attitude and, and, and in a way that they are going to complain or things. And so I think you have to approach it in a gentle way. And really, I think it starts with um, teaching them in the household. You know, I think that's something that that I just find that if you if you teach them how to serve 
in the household or teach them how to serve their friends at school, teach them how to serve in these kind of ways and treat their peers well, then that will help them see what it means to serve in a church capacity and in a bigger way and to help them see that it's not just about them and what they do, but it's about the people they're serving and it's about the church as the whole. But we have to understand that as parents and grandkids or, or, or grandparents, whatever it may be, that it starts with us, right? It starts with us and identifying who we are so that we can help them identify who they are and what their gifts and their abilities are and how they can use those in a capacity to serve other people better. Yeah, I I think that was, I would agree with that for sure, especially the big thing of just the example being set. My parents, just so obviously being a pastor's kid as well, parents never forced my personal relationship with God. They just were like, hey, like, what you've been reading, we would read around the table together, we would pray, but it wasn't like, you have to do this and this and this, but the expectation was church, I was at youth group, and other than that, so it was just kind of always sort of set there, but we also had a sports program, so I got to be involved refereeing, coaching with that, so that was cool, but I wanted to throw, actually add this on here, I was thinking about it, my past job, we had done some research, just kind of in the community, talked to some of the judges, so what's a, what are some big religious like motivators? And what they had found was the biggest part to a kid's faith in relationship sort of building was finding um, an influential person outside of the family with the same beliefs. So for example, like a youth leader or so for me getting to work alongside with the sports and the kids and all that. So I come alongside them with this opportunity. So I think people our age, like 20s, 30s, where we're still young and can connect, is I would even put the emphasis on helping them find like a mentor type in a good leader. Because I remember knowing our children's pastor very well, and, and she was a bit younger. Some of our youth leaders were a bit younger. I felt more opted to help serve them because I viewed them more almost just even as a friend mm. of, I want to help this person. They've helped me. I want to help them. And so I would say, on top of finding their interest, helping find an outside leader that they would, they become attached to, they become close with and want to help them serve. Like I've watched it. I've watched your dad brilliantly do this now that I've become friends, like in that area of how many of the kids go through that youth group, but then come back to help. Yep. Like he does that very well. So Mm -hmm. if, if your parents love you and, and listen to this podcast, He's going to get a very good shout out from me right there. I think he'll like that. So now we'll know yeah. if he listened to it or not. That's if, right. he, if he texts us, that means he listened to it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where you guys will find out that Nick and I, I feel like have very similar upbringings where that was the same thing with my dad. He never forced me into any kind of relationship because you <laughs> can't. That is a personal choice that you have to make on your own. And, and obviously he helped me through that but it was ultimately my decision he never he never tried to like strictly like force me to to read my bible or stuff he knew that wouldn't wouldn't make a difference it was my choice and it was something that i had to to figure out for myself and with that it allowed me to to grow in this personal relationship with jesus not the relationship that my parents and my dad had with him but for me personally and so i think that's such an important thing you know, to understand that these students, they need that. They need some time to learn to fail. 
or learn to, 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 you know, make mistakes and things like that, where we can show them grace and be there for them through it. And, um, but yeah. yeah and if anyways. I, and if I ever openly told them like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't been reading. Mm. Like I was never punished or criticized or looked down upon or yeah. anything like that. It was always just this, like, okay. <laughs> like we're still going to do it as a family. That's right. And understanding that it's okay. Like yeah. this is a journey. You don't have all the answers at that age. And so they were able to do it with loving and grace, but I would, I would say I do want to place that emphasis of having that outside influence. So get them involved at church, get them connected there, help them find some good friends in the church, help them find a leader they connect with and, and get to roll, get to roll with and, and go from there. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, That's great. So I guess as we wrap up our first ever uh, friends Friday, we had, a, we had a good time getting to talk identity. So I think the biggest things I would take away for our listeners, seek God, identify gifts, callings, and abilities, and don't be afraid to fail. That's right. I think you come alongside people, help them do that of all ages. And I think this will help you go a long way just in establishing who you are mm. as a person, a volunteer, serving God, ministry, non-ministry, and and just being able to sort of let God lead your life, but taking those steps. So I'm excited for where we're going to go. This was identity. We wanted to let you also get to hear about us a little bit, our journeys. And coming up, we'll be talking about discipleship, uh, being with him to learn from him, to be like him. So it'll be a three-week series. And then February, we'll talk about some love, coincidentally enough, with Valentine's Day, how God loves us and things like that. We want to make this a breakdown for people to be able to learn more about God. Some of the big words that I think Christians just kind of widely accept that we know like grace and mercy and righteousness. We just accept that we know this, but what does it really mean? Just some Bible characters, characteristics of God and different things. We just want to be here for you and help alongside of the journey. Anything you want to close with over there, pastor Jeremy? (laughs) I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm just privileged to be here and uh, to see where God can take this and use this to help others. It'll be fun and help us too. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. This has been, this has been awesome. So thank you for listening and we look forward to you listening next week.